My name's Craig, I'm your host for this evening. We've been playing Wonder Project J. Joining me tonight is Dave. Yo. And Mike. Hello. So Wonder Project J is our raising sim. I think that's the technical term for it. Guys, I'm going to ask for help already. Is it a raising sim? It's not life sim, uh, is let it? Us, I was going to say life simulator is, is yeah. kind of a... So one of one of those kind of things. So, Wonder Project J, lovely game. It's a bit um, point-and-click adventure. What happens is you are a third party in this story. You control a little fairy called Tinker, and Tinker basically acts as some sort of anthropomorphic mouse. So this is a point-and-click game with a bit of a twist. You are presented with a series of challenges, and each act, say, you have to carry out one, two, three, four, five, however many different interactions with the world and objects within it. And in order to do this, you have to program, teach, train, love, and respect punish. your little... And what? Punish. And punish. Yes, there's a lot of punishing. Your little boy, whose name is Pino. Now, so far I've mentioned Tinker and Pino. You might not be surprised to hear that Pino's dad, Dr. Geppetto, was arrested at the start of the game because the government are not big on the society that we are living in at the moment. So you've got your humans and you've got the Gaijin. Gaijin? Gaijin? We'll go with Gaijin. Gaijin. Go with Gaijin, because Dave just corrected me. But I'll cut all that out and I'll <laughs> pretend I knew it was Gaijin. And you've got your Gaijin, which are basically a robot race. Pino, though, he is a new type of Gaijin, and he is fairly human-looking to the point where many people throughout the story don't know that you're actually a robot within. It's quite nice. So, through the story, you're basically working towards fostering a good relationship between the humans and the Gaijin, and you do that through various quests, challenges, and this, that, and the other. The more love that you plough into Pino, the more loving he'll be. If he comes across a cat, he won't just kick the cat. Um, if he does kick the cat, then handily, you press X on the controller, and Tinker will smack him with a mallet. And you can condition him to interact with any object within the world using that you've hit him if he's doing wrong and you say well done if he's done it right kind of like how you raise a real child i was you know. just gonna say <laughs> much <laughs> like real children <laughs> it is, it's very binary when it comes to children if they do something wrong you just smack them upside the head and they'll stop doing it i've got don't three. speak to them though yeah oh, just no. hit or praise. just hit just hit you never you never explain anything you just hit them <laughs> until they get it right uh, they don't need no explanations so that's it. I'm. I don't. I'm not going to say anything else about it just now. That's the rough gameplay, guys. Do you have any experience with this game at all? Uh, prior to playing this, I had zero experience with Wonder Project J. I did, however, remember seeing the sequel, the N64 sequel, publicised multiple times across multiple magazines, and I always, always wanted to play it so much so. I didn't even realise. I I thought Project Wonder Project J two was just its name. I didn't realise it was actually a sequel to a Super Nintendo game. So to find there was actually an original game and come back to it, it's like a yeah. I know a little treat for me, really. A treat which I probably didn't play enough of, but a treat nonetheless. 
Good, good. I, I think it's quite misleading. Wonder Project J2, the J and the 2 are actually beside each other, stuck together like one thing. If it was Wonder Project J space 2, that would be more sequel sounding, wouldn't it? Wonder Project J2 is a different thing completely. <laughs> I should point out, Dave, before you give us your, your thing here, this game was a Japan-only release in 1994, and it was localized in 2001 by some awesome person out there who i would just like to thank right now for the the wonderful work he did in localizing the game because yeah he did a great it's job fantastic he, she they it whatever yeah. it is they did yeah. a great job sorry dave um, you any oh it's fine it was something i always knew about in the back of my mind after like mike you know you see all that stuff for wonder project j2 but it, like other than reading hardcore gaming 101s about it and reading articles when i can it actually never really popped into my brain hey i should probably give it a shot and so now i had no personal experience playing it other than what i've seen of playthroughs and uh articles about it like hg 101 stuff so yeah this was all completely new to me i mean i you we kind of knew what you were getting into because it is a lot like um if you've ever played princess maker Gameplay-wise, if, if you're not sure what it's like, if you've ever played the Pac-Man 2, it's almost exactly like that. Except with more RPG elements, but the gameplay itself is a lot like that. Pac-Man 2? I, yeah, I, it, I did not know. Oh, cool. Yep. It's pretty cool and charming if you ever feel like playing a Pac-Man adventure game. Cool. Sounds good. Thanks, Dave. Uh, where, where to start? Where will we start? I am going to kick off with a few good points chime in whenever you want my main thing with this game and i was completely and utterly enamored with the look and the sound from the start so the 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 style of it is i think we've all said at some point now is very much a ghibli film styled happy lovely colorful scenes very very wonderfully animated lovely hand-drawn backdrops it's i don't know how many animations each character has or you know like when pino when he does something really good like at some point you go off on a treasure hunt and find treasure and he jumps up in the air and punches his fist in the air and it's it must be hundreds of frames of animation into this wonderful wonderful world well maybe not hundreds of frames you know but it's the look that it just it's beautiful i was totally i was pulled in right from the start it just it's it's lovely Speaking of the start, it just the beginning of it blew my socks off, right? Because that's just that very short, like three second scene that looks like an animated film on an SNES cart mm-hmm. of him rushing towards you. That is ridiculous. Yeah, like, that was very smooth and well done. So even after that, it was just you can tell there's a lot of very unique and it looks like a lot of love was put into uh, the animations of this game. Yeah, it's, it's an absolutely ridiculous game in, in the way it animates things. If you look at a lot of Sega Saturn games, you always think that's the uh, you know the king of the 2D game. But, but the thing is, this this game pulling off, off a hell of a lot. And those those little things, you know, they're, they're as good as anything from a you know, Street Fighter intro or, or anything really. And this is, this is on the SNES. It's a really odd, very odd thing. There's, there's animations going on all over the place. If you start actually playing the game from there, You'll see it's even more amazing seeing the, the variety of weird little animations he can do off stuff. Reflections in puddles. That's something that, you know, a lot of even 32-bit systems were gimped on. And all this is happening on, on the snares. It's absolutely mind-blowing. 
it shouldn't have been left in Japan for sure. It definitely. This is the thing. I just, the more I played it, the more I thought, why? Why was it left to this wonderful soul to localize this? I can't. I can't get over that because it is. It's fantastic. It's. It's sharp, Craig. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, well. Here's the thing, guys. Let's see. It came out in '94. I was nine years old. Mm-hmm. I don't think I would have sat and played this at nine years old. Like normal JRPG, yeah, sure, fine. This, I don't know. This kind of might have hit that same trigger as like Harvest Moon, where I don't really appreciate it until I got a little older and more patient. Do you think you would have played this as kids? Well, this was also the time that things like uh, Tamagotchi were around, and they were like pretty, pretty mega. That's a very good point. Yeah, yeah this I like forgot a, about those suckers. A big expansion on Tamagotchi, and then you know you the Dreamcast popping in with things like Seaman later on. Uh, <laughs> Can we put a space between those two words, please? <laughs> like C, man. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but the, yeah, this this is the point in time where you know you'd, you'd be dreaming of things like uh, Dragon Quest coming over and stuff like that. And this this is the the high production values of Enix in their sort of heyday. Yeah, I, I think this is something that we definitely should have been playing back then. The thing is, you have. On the other end of the spectrum, things like, uh, I think it was Creatures on the PC, which is one of the most horrible looking games on the planet. Um, <laughs> so to be given <laughs> I used the opportunity to think they were to cute. Play. Yeah. Well, in, I haven't seen them in a while. On the snares. Oh, yeah. Comparison? Yeah. I, I'm Before we talk about more nuanced parts of the games, guys, I'm curious. What was your penal? Never thought I'd ask that of another man, but there it is. What was my, my penal? Was. I'll tell you what my Pino was. My Pino... Well, thank you. <laughs> ...was a little child who I absolutely learned to detest after <laughs> I taught him the ways. I taught him the ways of the world. I showed him some things. I gave him a little bit of compliment here and there. And then when he started misbehaving, he just did it so many times that eventually he lost all love for me. And he just gave me a, he gave me a, a, a sticking out tongue. But I'm sure if the graphics are a little higher fidelity, completely bloodshot eyes and a I will kill you flag <laughs> above his head. <laughs> obviously not illustrated in this game. Uh, um, I hit that point there. once with mine. Uh, thank God for pudding. Oh God, pudding. That's all the I'm Yep. Uh, my Pinot, since Craig, you're the host, we'll let you go last. Thank you. You Thank probably you. have the best Pinot. My Pinot started off very, very intelligent. He went straight and hit the books. He uh, uh, immediately detested cats and animals of all shapes and sizes, uh, kicking them around and such. And then y- you realize, oh, I should train my arm power. So I gave him a stick and he practiced his sword. Got that up. That was good. Then he used a dumbbell. And he really liked the dumbbell. And he kept using the dumbbell. And eventually, my Pino was, I guess you could say, Hulk. <laughs> um, I imagine not much was there in terms of intelligence. And uh, not much was there in terms of sensitivity. But boy, howdy, he could punch hard. My Pino was almost the exact opposite. As soon as I figured <laughs> out that you could, you read books, so you, you read your grammar book to up your intelligence you can then when you get your 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 grammar book 
reading up far enough, you can then start reading an encyclopedia. So I went to the shop and got myself an encyclopedia and another a, sh- a bit of sheet music and this, that, and the other. Back to the house. There wasn't sheet music at that point. But anyway, um, and I, I set everything up in a row. Picture book, yes, for kindness. Picture book for kindness. Yep. Because he didn't Mine like cats. Them. Well, I set all my books up in a row and then the dumbbell at the end. And I read the first book, the second book, the third book, the dumbbell, the first book, the second book, the third book, the dumbbell. So my pino ended up after about 20 minutes of doing that. Very tired, but very intelligent, very sensitive, with fantastic arm power. So I managed to get through the first two acts absolutely fine. And then you get to a point where you need um, attack. You need to be able to attack at some point. So I went to get him to pick up the stick to practice. And he was flipping scaled of the stick. So it's like, <laughs> oh my God. He won't even go near it. It's like, that's bad. That stick's bad or something like that. And I'm like, Pino, pick up the flipping stick. It's a stick pick it up he would not pick up that stick i ended up back at the shop reading through all the books and the items and there's the book of bad thought all right okay i'll go and read the book of bad so i took it back to the house started reading it and eventually i got him to pick up the stick he was a wimp he was a total wimp (laughs) on that subject though it is very nice that there are some i would i don't think they're unique animations but they always show a special animation whoo they always show a special animation to let you know that whatever you're trying to shoot for, Pino has grasped. Like, yeah. if you do pick up the stick, he starts with very simple, like, you know, swiping motions. And once he finally gets it, he does this really cool uh, jump and slash. And once you see that, he'll say, I got it. And then you'll know you don't have to train with that anymore for right now. Yeah. And that's a very nice touch. Mm-hmm. As um, On the flip side of that, when you've trained them to throw a ball... And then he tries to throw a ball at a policeman, and you have to untrain him to stop throwing, stop throwing the ball at the policeman. Pino, I I found that a bit disheartening. That's moving more into kind of like my, the the cons side of things, but we can stick stick with the 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 positives just now. Did any guys have any standout moments or any moments of realization where you thought, "Have you got a wee story?" A, a, you know, like any moments of love, because for me, it was um, going finding the treasure and then when you go back from the treasure um hunt you get this big pile of cash you split it 50 50 with the guy and then my wee pino went and donated a lot of it to the poor gaijin out there and i was just like oh my boy (laughs) (laughs) he's so good he's such a good boy he's such a clever and generous boy i was just i had stopped at that point and i had to have a wee cup of tea i was just like so so proud of him i hope my real kids grow up to be half the boy Well, make sure you hit them with hammers. Yes. That is very vital. Uh, On the flip side, uh, mine is not a story of love and touchiness. It's a story of a little brat that would listen when I told him to do. So so after he trained with the dumbbells, uh, went outside, and uh, he was having none of the animals, kicked them around a bit. So you tell the the boy, no, don't, don't do that. It's not very nice. And he sticks his tongue out at you, says he hates you, and then jumps in the well and dies. Oh. So, Flip that was the story of Pino. Yeah, he was he was not a very nice boy. Wow. I I don't think our Pinos would have gotten along, but I'm pretty sure mine could have beat yours up. Do you know, this is the exact conversation, word for word, the exact conversation I have with other dads in the playground at school picking up time. 
It's just like, you know, like you just tell stories about your kids. This is the same kind of thing. Did anyone mm-hmm. accidentally leave the game paused and then look away for a moment only to find Pino wandered off the screen, kicked a door well, open and just busted freedom? That's the <laughs> thing about about my story for the game because I, I did actually do that. I was I was just practicing away. Uh, he'd become unresponsive. He didn't like me anymore. And I just thought, yeah, well, I'll leave him to it for a second. So while I was thinking, he walked off, strolled around, started playing around with things, picked up a stick, and suddenly did the I got it straight from the first swing, which was surprising. But I wasn't oh, nice. sure whether I should compliment him, whether I should you know, berate him for going off on his own doing things. And then he just started walking upstairs, playing around, trying to throw the cat around, and then jumping on the table <laughs> and possibly screaming out the window. I, I left him to his own devices and... Uh, it seemed like he was having a lot more fun without me than with than with me. Oh, mate. <laughs> That's very Skynet, though, isn't it? He was self-aware and learning by himself. Yeah. I mean, you don't know what obscenities he was screaming out the window, either, to be fair. One thing I, I do want to ding it for, right, is it sometimes it's very hard, based on his animation and what he says, whether you should praise him or scold him. You, you're not quite sure. Yeah. Like, when I started over and I wanted Pino 2.0, uh, Sensitive Edition... I didn't know, okay, you sniffed an animal. Is that good? Is that bad? I mm-hmm. mean, if you saw somebody sniffing animal in real life, they would throw up some flags. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I found that as well. It's a binary thing, is it? Yeah, it, it, there are, I, I wouldn't say limitations to it. Like, it's not very frustrating. But if you keep doing it over and over again without doing a scold or a praise, you'll see what, okay, like these are my choices of what animation do I scold or do I praise. Mm-hmm. So like when he lifts the cat like a dumbbell, you're like, I don't, I don't know, he's holding it. That's kind of good, right? <laughs> but then once once you go through all the different ones where like he'll sit and his head will spin and they go, are you alive? He's like, I, is that good? I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I went with the tactic of, well, he's not kicking it, you know, <laughs> with the cat. He's not, he's not kicking the dog, so... You know, I'll take it as a boost. If he sits down and twizzles his head about and goes, I'm not a real human, am I? You're kind of like, no, Pino, no, you're not. That's, <laughs> in but case I'll, you I'll, can't tell. Yeah, in case you can't tell, you're twisting your head 360 degrees. I'll praise you for that, because that's a wee bit of intu- intuitiveness there. You've, you've kind of figured that out by yourself. Yeah, it was a bit bit unclear. Not, not in a ter- as you say, not in a terrible game-breaking way. But you just have to be a wee bit more methodical and maybe watch all the animations and try and figure out what the hell's going on. Yeah. Found after a few, it became, it became a bit easier. A lot of them are obvious, like the golf club. It just, my Pino, I don't know if it was the intelligence or not, but he picked up the golf club, swung it, great, absolutely fine. And he just, he got a lot of the things first time because uh, he's such a clever boy. <laughs> when, when you're helping the farmer with the hoe, that, that's my got it right away and i don't know if it was because of strength because trust me that guy was not intelligent at all it was like at three he was very <laughs> dumb so maybe he's maybe he's just meant to be manual labor i mean the world needs those people so me and mike didn't finish it but i plan to go back to it craig you're the closest to finishing it and later on there are some things like dungeons and boss fights yes there so are you want to explain some of those well okay so um the first dungeon you come across dave you would have seen it probably 
play was the treasure hunt yes. type dungeon. Yep. So you've got your your set pieces. You've got to go and hoe and plant seeds, but then you've got a couple of wee more action sequences. So the first dungeon you come across has some floaty electronic balls of death that Pino just seems to want to wander into constantly and get shocked from because, you know, he, he wants to. It's actually my biggest frustration, I thought, for the whole game spawns from this one scene. But you have to place a sword, get him to pick it up and do the sword swinging action, which then kills the robot. My problem was my Pino was a fidgety wee bugger and just kept on wanting to walk. So before I got everything in place, he would walk and get electrocuted. And the other absolute pain of of my life with this game was the tinker places the objects by holding b and she also tells pino to stop by pressing oh, b oh yeah so if you're moving a sword into place and pino starts wandering off you can't quickly tell him to stop you've got to fly away tell him to stop and then fly back got to be a bit irritated with that later on there's another dungeon with a flipping dragon an actual dragon well at least i think it was a dragon it was a big dog-shaped maybe dragon. And it's nice. Those those bits were really nice because it broke up the game from being each act was you go, you, f- you see where you're messing things up and you've got to go and, you know, reconfigure Pino. It was just something a bit different. And I think it really kind of added to the game in a way that just, I don't know, apart from the sword swinging, it really did endear itself to me because it was just, it was nice. It was a wee bit of action in an otherwise passive watching game which i loved the story itself after you guys left it and you know it goes right the way through i should say i'm very very close to the end i've got it paused in the middle of the final scene just now and i'm <laughs> that I, would be very close to the end very very close to the end um i'm at the end this is despite its lovely look and aesthetic and its happiness and the fact that you're raising a kid it's quite dark in places one of the main characters who was a, uh, one of the more evil characters was the Prime Minister Masala. I, I really learned to detest that guy. I really didn't like him. And I think that was a sign of some really, really spot on character development and writing. He was a really horrible guy. Um, out of curiosity, a couple of things occurred to me. I didn't check, and I probably should have reread a couple of the articles. This wasn't compatible with the mouse, was it? Because that would have made things a little bit simpler. I didn't yeah. know you could get a mouse. <laughs> yeah, SNES mouse. Yep. Wow. Has Mario Paint? Everybody played Mario Paint. I didn't play Mario Paint. Uh, oh my gosh! I didn't um, have a SNES. I'm not aware there is any compatibility, but I did notice one of the things with the game was that whenever you switch from the left to right, you sort of skip a bunch of pixels on the screen, so it makes it very fidgety with oh, getting, yeah. getting it to go oh, exactly yeah. where you need it to be. Um, but yeah, mouse would have definitely remedied that that issue. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also surprised with with the a lot a lot of the love that went in. I'm surprised there was no like OVA about this at all. Like, it seems like it would lend itself to that kind of thing quite handily. Yeah, you get animes for quite a lot of uh, a lot of these sort of games, usually. Especially, uh, I, think, I think it's it. I think it might be more square than Enix at the time who were getting the, um, like, with the Chrono Trigger ones and things like that. 
Oh yeah, yeah, the the Final Fantasy Five one. Yeah, I'm just I'm I'm also kind of surprised this hasn't really made like a huge splash since. Yeah, you could argue the sequel kind of uh, made us interested, but we never actually got localization of that one either, did we? No, I don't not think officially. so. No, ah, it's the no localization of G two. <laughs> <laughs> there might there might be a. Uh... A translation hack. I'm not mm, sure. Mm-hmm. I think there is. I think that was actually before this, but I'm not sure. Speaking speaking of the the translation, there was two points in the game that just made me smile and go, "Ha, that's that's good." The first one was at some point when you save the game, Tinker says, obviously in the original, maybe says it is now safe to turn off your console. And in this, it says you can now switch off your emulator. Well, like, I <laughs> got you, got you. And That's then really good. later on, there's two characters. Uh, I actually ended up looking it up. They're um, Doro and Boo in the uh, Japanese version, and in the English translation, they are Rob and Bear. Which together, I don't know if you see what they've done there, makes Robber. Oh, I yeah. see. Yeah, that's I'm clever. Just like, ah, look, look at that. That's good. They've done, they've done good there. So, if we're going to start talking about cons I have with this game, and by no means are these game-breaking in any way, they're mild frustrations. One is the actual repetitiveness you need sometimes to learn certain things. Like, I, I would have much rather had it to where you only need to pick up, pick up the dumbbell two, three times and praise him on the correct action, then, I mean, like, I must have done it 15, 20 times. Yeah. Um, that's that's a big problem. It, it just gets kind of boring if you're not willing to put it into. And later on, Craig, I mean, you, you absolutely need to do that, right? Yeah, yeah, there's... I, I think it's a, in the similar vein to my other biggest um, con was unlearning things previously learnt. I've put so much time into pinoing. Pinoing? That's not that's not <laughs> that's not a dirty. word. That does sound dirty. I've taken so much time to teach Pino to do something. Why am I then smacking them over the head when I don't want them to do what I've told them is the right thing to do with the ball or something like that? I um it is a bit repetitive. I just took it in its stride, to be honest. I was just like, you know what? If I'm yeah, gonna do this, not I'm going to do this. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's kind of just like RPG grinding. Yeah, sometimes yeah. you need to do it. It's a necessary evil. The odd, odd thing about this game is that it's not a, it's not a, a comfortable game to play if you usually like to play the systems in a game. Because quite frequently, I'll find myself playing games where I always go for the op- I'll always go for the cheap option, which I know is a, a strategy that works every time. With this, it never explicitly states exactly how you're going to do it to to game the system as you'd, you'd want to. And uh, I don't know if that is a, a pro or a con, to be honest. I mean, you know, it does it does add some inventiveness to a game that could otherwise mm-hmm. simply be a click here, do this, and that's that's pretty much it. But you know, as you've seen from pressing the start button, the amount of crazy stats in there uh oh, you know ro- rolling yeah. a dice for it it is it is quite overwhelming but uh it's it's a double-edged sword at the end of the day i think as i had we I had we niggles with the stats as well like why does 
swinging a golf club increase arm strength but lower my intelligence why is it you know i get i get the mechanic behind it but some of it just i didn't i didn't like because i wouldn't raise my kid like that i got a wee bit too attached guys that's that's what i'm trying to say <laughs> okay i just wanted that's that was me um yeah i i understand what you're saying mike if you are a kind of stat hound a gragnardy kind of guy this game can drive you insane because like you said craig if you swing the golf club you're going to be losing some mentality stats mm-hmm. and if you want to keep all your stats as high as possible at all times you're going to have to find that okay this raises by two and then i'll lower this by one and then do the opposite you don't need to at least as far as i played like it's perfectly fine to be lower in some stats you don't need at the time it doesn't really affect too much you don't like uh let's take the first chapter for instance where you need to throw the ball it doesn't matter if your your sensitivity is that high in the first chapter because all you really need to do in that chapter is throw the ball but it does drive you a little nuts to see low stats yeah one of the the later challenges uh, actually requires you know that um animation where he sits down crosses his leg and spins his head and a kind of like yes i am um, petulant not petulant kind of way but you know, he's just not doing anything. You actually have to do that as one of the parts of one of the challenges. And the way to do that, or get that animation, is to have extremely low thought. So you've built oh, up okay. your thought, and you need to just basically get them to stop thinking. And it was we... I get it. Again, I get it. If I get the mechanic and why you do it on screen. It makes sense that he's doing that animation. But to actually, you know, it's child abuse <laughs> to, <laughs> to damage your childhood. Well, technically, Craig, I mean, while you may be attached to this android, do remember he is going to bring the downfall of humanity. So no. get your licks in while you can. That's Mine pro- was. It's propaganda. It's propaganda against <laughs> the Gaijin. A guy named Masala told me all about this stuff, and he don't, said you're wrong. Don't trust them. You guys get any other thoughts? Anything else? I'm kind of this podcast has been left kind of purposely open ended and spoiler free because, as you might guess, at least I would be like urge you to go and have a go at it and see what you think because it's it's lovely and the story is very good and it does have twists and it's it's dark and it's 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 good. There's a good chunky story behind this, so um, yeah, guys, do you have any other? thoughts or anything anything major i guess i guess kind of as a closing statement kind of thing i i kind of urge everybody to go try this because this is a genre that isn't necessarily dead but man it's on life support and this is a major part of that genre so you can almost guarantee you've never played a game like this before and just just in that regard i mean take out the charm take out you know all the the beautiful animations and the story and all that you've just probably never played a game like this before because even something that most people think of when you say life simulator like harvest moon it's nothing like this so i would urge everybody give it a shot thank you for summarizing um your thoughts and also getting that keyword there which was closing thoughts which i just could not get my brain to process as i was <laughs> rambling before mike what what do you Read think encyclopedia i know yeah god 20 times i think it's a very vibrant looking <laughs> game i think it's uh one of the most well animated things i've played from the super nintendo era 
and uh, I think it's something I really want to play a bit more of. I've I've waited this long to uh to actually start it, both for the podcast and in in real life. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely a curiosity. It's um something that should be pe- played. Yeah, and you know the internet's there. So uh, what? That's the only ruptures. way you're going to play it. <laughs> the internet mm. is there. Yeah, if, if if you only see it for the intro bit, you've done you've done a good job by doing that, and it's it's well worth watching. I think it'd be hard to play the intro bit and not be at least curious enough to try the oh, first def- couple of acts. Definitely not. The first by the first couple of acts, you know if you're going to love it or hate it. That's that's yeah, just, pretty much. You know, that's, that's the way it is. Um, yeah, for me, I'm I'm the same. Please just go have a, have a go at it. It's it's a lovely, lovely thing. Lovely translation work, beautifully animated, as Mike said. Absolutely, just stunning to play. And it's just it, Pino, like to me, it's your wee boy. You know, I, I jokingly say I'm too attached to him, but there is a, a real charm to him. He's got his own personality. You can shape and mould him and see when you just set him running and he just happily runs across the screen. I'm just like, oh, look at him. He's full of enthusiasm. He's my wee boy. And then I'm thinking, oh, my God, Craig, what's happened to you? And like, if the game has <laughs> that much behind it where, you know, you just want, you feel like that, it's just, it's wonderful. I love that. Despite its um, minor, minor flaws, I would say go for it. Well, it, now, uh, just really quick, it is minor flaws, but for a first attempt at this, it's stellar. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. In fact, when I edit this, I might cut out everything negative about the, the game that anyone <laughs> said. <laughs> <laughs> right, guys, thank you very much. Up next, we have Dave's pick. Now, Dave has been on point with most of his picks. Um, Godzilla was a complete dud, but since then, <laughs> pretty good pretty good choices. What have you got for us in store next time? Alright, so, the last time I picked a arcade puzzler game. It was a pretty big hit, Mr. Driller. Everybody loves Mr. Driller. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, so, this time, I decided I'm going to pick the Data East classic, Magical Pop. If you do want to play along with us, there is Magical Drop 3 on the Wii Virtual Console, if you want to pick that up. Magical Drop 5 is on Xbox 360 with online multiplayer, so if you do like it, go ahead and give that a shot. Or you can choose any of the 900 Neo Geo ports that are available, but make sure you play Magical Drop. It is fantastic. Right, so all that's left to do is say good night, guys. Good night. Good night. Don't let your Android fall away. Yeah, please, please don't. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.